0: You are listening to Wait a Minute with Beth and Jessica. Episode 40.
1: I'm Jessica Pearson, Certified Life Coach. And I'm Beth Barnett-Babel, Integrative Nutrition Therapist. Together, Jessica and I are Path Nutrition, and we help clients break free from diet culture and create a healthy relationship with their body and food. Get our free anti-diet toolkit now by going to our website, pathnutrition.com. Today we are
0: re-releasing our holiday eating and diet mentality episode that we recorded last year. And I just re-listened to it this morning and it's really good. Sometimes, you know, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, Oh yeah, this is a great re-release, especially because it covers everything that I think we would probably re-record. So even if you listened to it last year, I invite you to listen again because it's all very much a great reminder. This episode is about navigating a time where maybe we have more perceived circumstances for eating differently during the holiday season. Foods are marketed differently. They're highlighted and promoted heavily at this time and year round, but it seems to hit differently. between October and December, you know, the packaging is like in new colors, it starts Mm -hmm. with the fall colors, and then it turns into the Christmas colors. And sometimes they add sparkles, and there's new flavors and sitting on an end cap, they're just calling your name. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's the cooler weather, maybe it's because we're around our family or in different social situations. There just seems to be maybe more anxiety or lack of control. But whatever it is for you, we cover it on this episode.
1: Yes, you totally can enjoy your holiday traditions and food and cultures. But what we are inviting for you is just to do so from a place of self-kindness and curiosity. And when if you have listened to it before, you will probably pick up something different than what you did last time. And so that's why I always think it's good to go back on certain things that we might struggle with and re-listen to it because we're a different person than we were a year ago. And so you'll just hear things a little differently. Absolutely.
0: I heard something that I didn't even know was in there. (laughs) It's a little (laughs) nugget of gold that I jotted down. To point out before we have you guys listen again, which Beth was like, remember to question why you believe the things you do about food, which we do talk about in content across the board. It's like, yeah, why do we believe that I am supposed to have this or that I have to have this or that I even like this? Or There's just so many beliefs that we have about food. So it's like, what am I currently choosing to believe why Mm -hmm. do I like that belief do I like these reasons like now that I am a full-grown 41 year old woman Mm -hmm. I get to decide what I still want to believe and so it's like do you still want to keep believing it or maybe you don't yeah
1: I agree like I've been questioning we do talk about it in the episode about you know do the holidays need to revolve around food? And I'm having that come up heavily this year for Thanksgiving because we have been hosting big family Thanksgivings for the last several years. We do so in conjunction with our neighbors and it's like this whole thing and it is so much food. And this year we are traveling to see family and it's not going to be a big, huge gathering. And I'm like, I don't really want to cook all that in, in a VRBO vacation rental property. Do we really need to have the whole thing? And Bill just looks at me like, Whoa, what, what do you mean? Like, he's just really complex. I'm like, what if we just like, got like, you know, like a, one of those little takeout things that is Thanksgiving asks, so everybody still feels the holiday is like, but we're going to be in a very different environment. And I, do we need to keep doing this? Have
0: you ever tried cooking in
1: a vacation rental? Yes. we. I have. mean, I know that you yeah. and I have actually when we were. Yeah, in totally. You I just have never done done know when the whole thing we did a few years ago. We went, Bill wanted to go to Florida, a different part of Florida than where we're going now. And he invited his family, his extended family. That's from Virginia and Rhode Island. And then we, we had our family, my family that was from in Florida and we did, we did the whole huge thing and it was both great and stressful at the same time. And I'm like, I don't want to do that again. Granted, well, they are not going to have extended family. It's just going to be really small, just a couple people. So, was the kitchen well stocked with all the tools and things that you needed? Because I feel like it
0: can be, even if it's a very nice property, sometimes it's like, Got really random pots and pans.
1: <laughs> right yeah, back. no, it was. And so it was doable. But I'm like, I don't want to do that again. Like, I want to enjoy the time differently. Like, yeah. I would like to do something different. And my family is confused because <laughs> <laughs> I'm questioning their beliefs about it. And they're being like, are you being bah humbug? And I'm like, no, I just want to open up our idea to something else. Yeah, it's they're not like important yet. Get it catered. <laughs> just have somebody else cook it. <laughs> right. And so it's not like I'm asking the family to be like, we're going to ignore that Thanksgiving is existing this year. Right. I'm just, we're still going to gather. I just would like to do it in a different way where the food, the day is not about somebody. Cooking all these different things and slaving away. And then it's like, you know, the end of the day is over. And yeah, I'm just like, why can't we just enjoy our time together at the beach? Yeah. Does it give you any comfort
0: knowing that your family wants to eat your cooking on Thanksgiving?
1: No. <laughs> No, it doesn't. you like, no, I don't. No. Because I cook own. them all the time, you know, and like, I don't know. I just, That's a good I'm,
0: point, too. It's like, what's your favorite dish or what's your favorite part about Thanksgiving? You're like, I will
1: make this one dish. Like, maybe it's that one thing. Yeah. Well, my son only wants brisket because we started a new tradition several years ago where my, son, my husband makes <sighs> brisket. And he starts at like four in the morning getting the wood ready and he does a whole brisket. And so, everybody's like, we never want to eat turkey again. So, I'm like, again, why? <laughs> I know he can't smoke a turkey. <laughs> it's a vacation rental. So, I'm like, what's happening here? What's going on? It's like we get amnesia,
0: right? We're like, I'm not going to do it the way I did it last year. But then we all kind of go into it like little zombies. Like, I must overeat. I must eat the things that I don't even like. <laughs> right. That's it's tradition.
1: Yeah. It's, um, it is fascinating to me. So, I don't know. I'm still – working on winning them over on my idea we don't i don't know what's gonna happen but that's okay i don't need but it's sort of this does relate to you know something we were talking about in the podcast and about traditions and cultures and our beliefs yeah. and all that
0: so. well and also not making food the focal point of every gathering and every celebration mm-hmm. especially during the holidays because it seems like food becomes the hyper focal point in yeah. this time And I was just thinking about my son's, like, birthday party. It's going to be small. We're just inviting, like, two other kids. But I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm just not the mom. I'm like, we're going to order pizza or go get home – like, pick up home slice or something, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, and that's going to be it. Like, I'm just kind of like – or I haven't even thought about Thanksgiving and what we're doing because I I really don't even know what we're doing. But it's like, yeah, I just – it's not about a humbug thing, it's just trying to make it easier for myself cuz when you think about all of the stress of you know and it, gosh, we're literally trained chefs and it's still a lot of work for us and you think mm. about the people that barely even cook during the week and then they're like now it's the cooking olympics and we're going to make every dish from scratch and it's like what mm. are you doing? <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> okay. And also, this is just a really funny note. So my neighbor had a dream about me where she was like, I had this dream that you dropped off all of these goody gift bags for all of the children <laughs> in the neighborhood at my house. And you told me that I had to pass not out to everyone. And I was like, girl, that will never come true because I am not the gift bag mama. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, don't even worry about it. So yeah, just I hope you guys
1: enjoyed this episode. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of holidays, we are going to be taking a short break from podcasting to be with our families this season, and we will be back with a new episode after Thanksgiving, but still well deep into the holidays of sugar and overeating. But please enjoy this podcast, and we will see you soon, everyone. Bye. Bye. You are listening to Wait a Minute with Beth and Jessica episode 11. This is our holiday special just in time for Thanksgiving. People want to know how they can navigate the season without doing whatever it is they've done in the past. Most people will give you tips and tricks like don't show up hungry to the party or stand near the buffet, which isn't bad advice, but we're going to offer you some new perspectives that you might not hear anywhere else.
0: Many people take this time as an opportunity to disconnect entirely from their body or with their relationship with food. There are so many circumstances and opportunities to enjoy food during the holidays, which I want to offer is a made up story in your brain, something we've actually adopted culturally because there are always circumstances around food. All year long. But for some reason, we still get a little anxious about the holidays because it's a time of many gatherings centered around food and drink.
1: Sometimes during the holidays, we use food to manage our emotions. For many, the holidays can be hard emotionally, and food can be very comforting. So, for example, if family is not around that used to be around or there are bad memories around holidays, we can tend to turn to food to comfort us. Or like many of us, we are also exposed to awkward holiday parties or they might even be events or parties that you actually want to go to or family gatherings. Either way, we're all putting food as the focal point around all of these holiday gatherings from Thanksgiving through the New Year's. So no matter the circumstances, we hope that what we share with you today will help you rethink how to navigate the holidays and food just a little bit.
0: Yes. So I have a question for you. <laughs> for me for or
1: you. our listeners. <laughs> this is a question
0: for the listeners that I okay. want them, I want them to think about. How would you show up to this holiday season and every day if you were not going to attempt some kind of diet or fix afterwards? Like, what if diets just didn't exist and you couldn't do it starting January? What would you
1: do? Well... If I were to answer or give the people some clues as to what that would mean, it's like that means not treating Thanksgiving or Christmas like the Last Supper because you won't be attempting a Whole30 in January. So the diet does, in fact, not start on Monday. You will not over-restrict Sunday through Thursday, to give yourself, quote unquote, permission to go wild on the weekend or at that holiday party or whatever. None of that. It's all just food. What is your relationship with food if this vicious on or off a diet cycle no longer existed? Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) These are all really good questions to think about. But it's like, of course, you can enjoy the holidays, enjoy the food. And if you're not planning to torture yourself with a diet in January, then what does this look like? How are you showing up? So Beth, I just want to ask you like, what does that look like to you? How do you enjoy the holidays and not diet starting in January?
1: Well, it just never occurs to me to (laughs) (laughs) to start something in January. So if there is, you know, a family gathering or say a holiday party, then I will balance it all out. What are the foods that look good? What am I really hungry for? So on and so forth. So I don't, I mean, the only thing I might do during the day is know that I'm going to have some heavier food later in the day. And so I might eat, I'll make sure I get in all of my vegetables or something like that earlier in the day. If I'm not sure if there will be any vegetable heavy items at an event or party or family gathering. So that would probably be about the only change that I would make. And then also drink a lot of water. (laughs) (laughs) I might have, you know, a glass of wine or two. And so I want to make sure that I'm hydrated, but for the most part, just treat them the holidays as is. But then I also balance out like, do I really need to have something sweet most days or at every single event? Like for me, the sugar really starts to make me feel not very good. And so I've learned that over time And so therefore, I try to keep a little bit light on the sugary things. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more
0: opportunities for sugar for sure. Always. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, for me, it's like, yes, on Thanksgiving, I'm going to have a slice of pie. Maybe of course. I'll have, maybe I'll have two yeah. because it's hard to decide between pecan and pumpkin or whatever. <laughs> but I'm also like, I'm not shoulding it or, mm-hmm. or should noting it. There's not this internal struggle. I'm not talking negatively to myself in the process. Right. So I feel like if you're having the shoulds, maybe it's time to pause and kind of think about that. And yeah, maybe sometimes too, there are moments where I have felt more full than I'd like to be. And I listen to my body and that doesn't mean I'm going to like punish myself the next meal. It's kind of like you said, it's just more about balance. Like that next meal might be lighter, but it also might not be. You don't have to like overcorrect or fix something if you have maybe eaten more than you had planned originally. Like we're just moving forward. We don't have to fix things that have been different.
1: Yeah. So I don't go through the wave of eating a lot and then not eating a lot as i navigate through thanksgiving mm. through new years and then i certainly don't start with a diet in january yeah. like it just cuz that is a pendulum do those thing's right Correct. if you're like
0: oh i overeat so now i have to go on a broth diet
1: <laughs> today and
0: then it's yeah. like well that just leads to another overeating episode right so
1: right exactly it creates that whole like vicious cycle of good cop, bad cop in your own brain about Mm -hmm. food and then not being able to like trust yourself around food or amounts of food or types of food. And that's just a whole lot of extra Mm -hmm. noise in people's brains that we really would like to eliminate. And there was something that you had said
0: to me before we pushed record, which was the word urgency. It's like when we feel like we have to die in January, then all of this sugar and all this food becomes like urgent. It's like, mm. Oh, I urgently have to experience this because it's going to go away. Right. But if it's like all just there all the time, and we which live, it is. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> then we can kind of like reduce that sense of urgency. And then it's just, we learn how to live with it. We don't have to be so weird around it.
1: Right. Because I mean, if we think about it, you can buy pumpkin pie filling year round. So right. you technically could make a pumpkin pie any time of year that you wanted it. And yes, there might be somebody's grandma's recipe or some aunt makes like this, the best, wow. and she only does it on Thanksgiving. And that's fine, right? But it's like, don't create like that. Like, oh, I'll never have it again around many of these foods because they are are they' just not in the same exact way
0: yeah yeah awesome so yes okay. please
1: I' think about this how would
0: how will you show up if you're not gonna die in January right. so I know some people have concerns because they feel like they have less control over what is served and what they mm-hmm. eat in this time we're going to other people's homes or traveling so What kind of advice do we have for this situation where we feel like not as in
1: control of what we're eating? Yes. If you have a legit food concern, like an allergy or sensitivity, then you will likely have to put in some work and be that person who brings a special dish for everyone to share that you can eat too. Like don't make yourself ill with an upset stomach or there are a wide variety of symptoms, symptoms yeah. that come from food sensitivities and allergies. So don't do that for yourself, just because you think it's going to hurt somebody's feelings that you don't eat such and such thing. Like that is their job to manage their feelings about something, not your job to not make them feel that. So you can just say, Oh, that's you nice. Know, or I mean, I mean, not with celiac, but if you must, then put a little bite on your plate and just don't eat it. I don't know. But just if you have food sensitivities or allergies, like just bring something that that you can eat. So then that way you're not hungry and feeling um, left out or hangry. And then by the time you get home, then you're not feeling well. And then also, it does require creating a boundary where it might feel awkward with the in law or the pushy aunt. So we always hear, oh, you must try this. You have to try it, but it, you don't have to because it will make you sick or you just really don't like those. You can say no, but you can do so kindly. People may take offense, but that's okay. Again, you don't have to sacrifice your health to make anyone else happy.
0: Yeah. So what if you don't have allergies and like some people are just Legitimately concerned about their overindulgences.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, my advice is that this is all just temporary. So maybe you do have less control over what is served or what you eat. But again, you can still bring things that you like and want to share, and you can honor your intuitive hunger and full signals. So be aware of your concern for overindulgences, but Mm -hmm. don't let that dictate how you show up to gather with people. And I know like some people will say like, well, I find myself eating more at certain types of events because like socially, it's a little challenging for me to talk with all these different people. Like I don't like these big events. And so I just feel like if I can just have something in my hand, whether it's food or or drinks, and I feel a little bit better, but it's like, okay, it's good to be aware of that, but how can we slowly start to, again, we've been talking about not make food be the thing that is easing our discomfort in other situations. Because yeah, so, unfortunately, it doesn't really fix <laughs> Yeah, because the the awkwardness of being at the event is still, still going to be there. So it's like, okay, how can we grow and learn in that capacity without having something go in. Yeah. Your
0: mouth. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like sometimes too, it's like, well, also, where can I seek the pleasure in, in being served? Or like, when someone's taking care of you, there's kind of this beauty in that that we like, take for granted. Sometimes at least I do. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I, like the act of receiving is challenging, but also really beautiful. And so maybe just shifting focus of like, How can I receive and accept and find the silver lining of the situation? Mm -hmm. And you're not dieting afterwards either. So you don't have to say F it, but you can find some pleasure and it's going to be okay. Correct.
1: I would say like sometimes the overindulgence that might happen like at the actual Thanksgiving meal Is that one thing people will do is they might save like not eat all day and then they eat like all the things that there can be like anywhere from five to 20 different things to try depending (laughs) on how your family gathers, right? And then we, because we are so hungry, we don't realize that. Yeah. Don't show comes. up hungry. <laughs> yeah. And so just being like, just still eating with your natural hunger and fullness cues, which means slowing down and just enjoying what is happening. Or if you're not a fan of gathering with your family for whatever <laughs> reason, just enjoy it as like a show and be like, okay. And then eat and then exit as you, you need to, but can just be cool with the food and don't make it make you miserable.
0: Yeah. And it goes back to that whole emotional fix thing. It's like, I'm feeling discomfort. This food and drink is, we think is going to fix our problem, but it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So like, what is the root of that? Okay. So this question, this next question might sound upsetting. (laughs) (laughs) for some people. It was upsetting to me the first time I I heard it, right? Like, you and I both love food. We went to culinary school because we like food so much. Mm-hmm. So, the first time I heard this question, I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, here it is. What if the holidays were not about the food at all?
1: I mean what if it's <laughs> right? We make everything about the food. And so what else could it be about? Is it, yes, people say the connection, but is it really? And then <laughs> yeah, maybe it's not I don't good stories. Could it be about music, either listening to it, talking about it, making music or games, or what if the food was just a side dish to everything else on the plate of the season? I don't know. What do you you think? Yeah. Ever since I
0: was posed that question, I had to go through like the stages of grief for a second. Interesting. (laughs) And I think for me, it was posed as. Could you travel to Italy and not plan the food part of it? And I was like, Why would I go to Italy? <laughs> <and> not plan <laughs> the food. And then I was like, Oh yeah, there's a lot of other stuff to do there. It doesn't have to be all about the food, right? So mm-hmm. once I really got to thinking about that, suddenly I don't know, there was just this shift of like, yes, I can enjoy the food, but like what else? What can what else can I focus on? What else can I enjoy? And it actually did make me less awkward in those social situations to actually be like, I am here to talk to people and and connect, even as just one person, right? Mm -hmm. I I want to be interested in somebody else at the party in something else besides the food and the alcohol. And that Mm -hmm. just became sort of a practice that I started and it felt really good. So, I just kind of kept going with that. And like, yes, of course, I still eat the food and I like the food, but it's not like the thing, like, I'm not like beelining it. the food. Right. The first thing I do when I walk in and I don't have to, yeah, like I'm not standing by the buffet. Like, I don't know. It's just as a different perspective than it being my
1: primary focus. What about you? Yeah. It's actually oddly something I think about year round <laughs> in <laughs> terms of celebration and food. Cause I just ponder it, not because I'm like obsessed about or anything like that. I just ponder the various holidays and events and gatherings and celebrations and how it's all seems to be centered around food in some capacity. So like, oh, my son was in soccer. It was like everything had to bring a snack for after their game. And I'm like, wait, what? And then when this like Juice, but and I just was like, this doesn't make any sense to me. I was like, it's just sucker for six year olds. Like, why do we need to make this whole like treat out of it or whatever? And then if they do well on something, then we go, then you go and do this. And I just really struggle with that. But anyway, so with the holidays specifically, I don't really mind the celebration for food at all. I enjoy coming up with you know different recipes or cooking different things and trying other people's stuff. And I like the. Things that we have, specifically my mother's stuffing, it's the best. Mm. Love it so much. So I really get excited about it. But I just really question that it feels ingrained that we have to eat more than we feel comfortable doing. And that it involves so many sugary things, as I mentioned above. So what are some of the other types of dishes that could be fun and festive that may have less sugar or be so heavy. So like, could we create some variety around what shows up on our table? So for example, I know that this is still kind of heavy, but when I can, I like making tamales at Christmas because you can get family members involved in various parts of making them. And so we're all doing something together and that can be fun. So it's not that I'm like, on holiday food (laughs) (laughs) I'm just starting to question what does that really look like for me and and my family? And and what are some of the traditions I want to create around connecting? And some of it, the connection can be around food and some of the connection should be outside of the kitchen. So yeah, it's just diversifying. Yeah, correct. Because it's like, you think about Thanksgiving, it's like leading up to the meal and then you have the meal. So it's been cooking all day. All these people are helping to do it. And then you have the meal it's like 30 minutes later and then it's over. And then now somebody is like pouring over, sweating over the sink, cleaning up. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> like it, it's over, and you're just like, what happened there, right? And then it seems like people start to dwindle, and then Christmas, the same. It's like there's like the rush of the presents and Christmas dinner, and then by. 3pm it's like the excitement is over and people are like now what and you're like well, I,
0: yeah I don't know I feel like Christmas is such a season though because you go and like we're leaving out some other holidays and I'm sorry yeah <laughs> this is just from our what our, yeah, our own experience our own is experience correct. but it's like you go to the grocery store on the end cap there's like cinnamon rolls there's hot chocolate there's just like there's oh, all right, these right, like right. seasonal flavors and things and you're like I gotta fit all this stuff in, <laughs> in the month of <laughs> December <laughs> And it's like, wait, no, I don't like I can have I mean, I honestly could have peppermint hot chocolate any time of year. It's like, I don't know, you know, it's like, I don't ha- it doesn't have to be all about like checking off the things of like, I have to eat all of these things this month or else they're gonna go. away.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't have a lot of familiarity with all of the types of foods that are around at Hanukkah, but it's a lot of different foods, too, right? So it's just like, the, it seems like a lot of cultures have created like this huge thing around food. And yes, that can be nice. But at the same time, it's also remembering to be with the people and what the food is doing, just bringing people together. Right. And I think these feasts were created and
0: celebrated in a time where we didn't have the food abundance <laughs> that we have now mm. right like it was special to be like we're gonna gather and we're gonna make all of the food we have in the village <laughs> everybody's gonna get village <laughs> <laughs> you know or and so, however that looked yeah right? we're yeah. gonna go kill our turkey we're gonna do whatever and it was like it was special and, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So now it's like, we have an actually overabundance of food in our everyday culture, but we have a lack of gathering and connecting Mm -hmm. in our everyday. And so now it's like, okay, how can we make the holidays be about connecting?
0: Which is also interesting coming off a pandemic, right? Like. we've had some isolation in the last couple of years and then we're all reentering the world and regathering and it does, it feels so exciting to
1: me. And but, though we have to be aware that there are people that have, this might feel very nerve wracking. Yeah. Like, oh, I there's got out lot. of it for a couple of years and yeah.
0: now I'll be expected to come back. <laughs> I don't want to go back. Yeah, all there's right. definitely a lot of anxiety, social anxiety for sure. And mm. even safety. Some people who have experienced like serious issues around the pandemic like of course we're going to have more like a different perspective on
1: gathering too mm-hmm. so there's a lot to consider okay so moving away from our yeah. standard western holidays of thanksgiving christmas but how do you feel about people creating new year's resolutions related to health or weight
0: well it sounds well-intentioned, right? But mm-hmm. over the years, I've personally changed the way that I do think about resolutions in general. We have this culture with a mindset that this is the, like, the only time for, for new beginnings and setting intentions. That is lovely too. Like It is a nice idea, right? I think that's great. Yeah. But I guess to the people who are adding weight to their resolutions, I just ask, and what else? Mm. Right? The weight loss resolution usually reinforces this idea that you have to lose weight to have a better life. But what if we took the weight out of it all Like, What are your other hopes and dreams for the future in the coming year? Of course, if you do want to improve your health or even lose weight, like that's okay too. But what else? I like to ask clients to get clear on all of their goals, not just their body and health goals. I want them to know what is important and relevant to them on a broader Mm -hmm. scale because when we're focusing on the overall big picture then the health stuff kind of falls into place most of the time not the other way around right what
1: do you think yeah i agree because it just sets up that whole oftentimes it sets up that whole disappointment yeah (laughs) They go in, they have the resolution, they start and they go all in, which is not easy to maintain at all. And research has shown like when we go all in, our motivation and willpower wane when it's at that peak. And so we have to do things that are smaller. And so, however long it takes to get to that point for some people a week, a month, a couple months, three months then they feel like, oh, look, I've just failed again. Mm. And that's not the cycle we want people to be in ever so that's you know how we talk why we talk about diets in general year round and particularly new year we don't want people to just continually to be in the cycle of oh and then i failed (laughs) and then
0: yeah that's why people call us by february march right because they're like i'm gonna do this by myself in january and then they're like Mm -hmm. oh no i didn't do it and it's it's such a bummer right (laughs) because yeah we don't want you to live Although failure is a part of learning something new. So it's not that we're like failure adverse. It's just failure in the terms of holding yourself to this unrealistic diet that you cannot sustain.
1: Right. And so, but people take that on as shame and judgment about themselves as a human. Right. When really what they were trying to accomplish would be challenge for anyone.
0: Yeah. Right. Like that's We're not just supposed not... to be like on a very restrictive lifestyle for long periods of time. Yeah.
1: Just not our know. brain doesn't quite work in that capacity. And you're also
0: setting yourself up because you're like, oh, I've just like dove into the deep end of the serotonin dopamine by letting loose for the holidays and just throwing it all in the trash.
1: Right? Oh, gosh. Yeah. And then it's like then having to work with your brain on being not desiring all that really overexcitatory things, which alone is so challenging. Hey, Beth, what is your final takeaway that you want to share with all of us? Don't have the mindset of last supper and then start new in January. Just start listening to your hunger and full cues now thinking, am I really hungry now? Do I want this? Do I want that? Or would I prefer something else? Like really listen to yourself and honor your hunger and full cues. It's all available. All the food is available. All the thoughts are available to you. It's remembering that when you put restrictions on ourselves or don't question why, why, I believe these things about food. That's when we start acting like weirdos. So start slow, tune in the best that you can, and if that's hard or scary, reach out to somebody that would love to guide you through developing a more loving relationship with food. That's us. (laughs) (laughs) And if it's not us, that's okay too. Somebody, yes, Yes, that's okay. Find somebody.
0: Okay, so we're going to move on to our weekly segment, where each week we keep our eyes peeled for things in the media or in real life that come from diet culture. These are often the subtle things you might not notice, which is why we are sharing that with you today.
1: You're getting all the good ones right now. I'm like, ad free. (laughs) I don't know what's going on.
0: Yes, this week, and it was just a few days ago, I, I got an ad for a bone broth. And the headline says, Brodo is my life. I have lost 40 pounds since starting my subscription, and it means so much to me. And my initial thought was, well, the only way you're going to lose 40 pounds by drinking bone broth is if that's all you're drinking, right? If that's all you're eating. So I don't know. I was just wondering what that's about. And then also, I was kind of curious why they didn't take like the gut health route maybe as like their sales point, but maybe that's not interesting or sexy enough.
1: Or they tried that and it didn't work. We don't know, but... Yeah, And also I just noticed they use the word
0: brodo, which is like the Italian term for broth. So they're like trying to make it sound exotic and interesting (laughs) because like maybe bone broth has been played out. I don't
1: know. Oh, right. Like people are not paying attention to anymore. Yeah, I agree. I did not like the fact that they're using something that people do use for health and nourishment, but it's being again touted as a weight loss thing and of course they had to put in 40 pounds because that's even that's a lot more that's even more like wow to really get people subscribing something, <laughs> ugh, yeah such a disappointment oh well yeah not oh well but yeah, well,
0: we're not, yeah, not anti bone broth it's great but it's just the way that it's posed is like, like this is the way right this is how you're going to lose 40 pounds it's just by drinking bone broth <laughs> And that's
1: not how that works, just in case you needed to hear that. So please stop buying into these crazy headlines, people. Don't believe it. We're never going to get
0: um, advertisements.
1: (laughs) I know I need to like, how can I like screen my phone so it doesn't know that I'm angry at the advertisements, but I don't know. I got to start clicking on things again, I guess. (laughs) Well... I sure hope we gave you something new to think about today and helped you take one more step on your path to freeing yourself from diet culture. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram at path underscore nutrition. See you next week. Bye.